This is David Moyes. This is Yapstam. This is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Jurgen Klopp, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Hi, it's Graham. This is the beginning of you. Look, if you didn't listen to part one and you somehow stumbled in, taken the wrong door and opened up part two, don't worry. You can go back. It's not illegal. But stay with us if you want to. Those who did listen to part one will already know that Victor Sanchez, a Spaniard, speaking in English brilliantly articulately, but also analytically, is a very good storyteller. He's got a pinpoint memory and he mixed with the very, very best and lifted all the best trophies during his career. I forgot to mention in part one that he was champion of Europe with the Spain under-21 side, as well as being champion of Spain twice with Deportivo La Coruña and Real Madrid, winning the Champions League, winning the Supercopa, scoring in two Supercopa finals against Valencia, and of course winning the centenary Copa del Rey in the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. That means that he played for Deportivo La Coruña. Think about it now, despite the financial problems which have been ruinous for them. Think about Deportivo La Coruña not only dominating Spain for a few years, being beautiful to watch. They genuinely were an extraordinary team. Just think back to the record that Deportivo La Coruña had in those years, um, the, the late 90s, the early 2000s and onwards, against teams like Juventus, Bayern Munich, Arsenal, Manchester United, Real Madrid and Barcelona. Deportivo La Coruña consistently, this little fishing town from the northwest of Spain with a couple of hundred thousand population, consistently handed out thrashings to the very biggest aristocratic clubs across Europe. The one we'll focus on, of course, is the one against the reigning European champions, AC Milan, where Deportivo La Coruña went to the San Siro, led 1-0, were playing brilliantly, and suddenly were smashed about in an eruption of Shevchenko and Kaká talent. But welcomed Carlo Ancelotti's Milan to the Riasor a couple of weeks later and took the pants down. I was there. It was an extraordinary match and Victor was playing. He gives us details about it. He talks to us about Javier Irreta, another exceptional man-manager and coach. He was the one who, with a little psychological tactic that Victor explains started the process of turning around that 4-1 away deficit after Milan won in a San Siro. What about the stories about meeting up with his ex-teammate from Real Madrid, Carlos Sedov, before the Milan game in La Coruña? Was Sedov complacent? We'll hear about Jalminha, who head-butted Iroretta, but was a genius, and one Carlos Valeron, who, in the eyes of Victor, should have been a Ballon d'Or winner. He was that good. The whole story about spoiling the party for Real Madrid on their 100th birthday. And also talking about the upcoming Clásico. And the way in which, as a coach of Deportivo La Coruña, handed the reins late on in a season where Deportivo La Coruña were guaranteed to be relegated, Victor suddenly, somehow, coached them to success Depor still being in the fight to stay up on the last day, but being 2-0 down against Barcelona and Leo Messi in the camp now, still coming back to a 2-2 draw and salvation. He gives you chapter and verse on what he planned, why he planned it that way, 
the team talk at halftime, kicking his own president out of the dressing room in the camp now at halftime. It's an extraordinary story. This is a man who'd love to manage in England. I hope he does so. He's definitely got the ability. You can hear he's got the English. It'd be very nice to see Victor Sanchez coaching at some stage in the Championship of the Premier League. What a bright man. What a very, very good football analyst on TV. A good chum now, I would say. Tune in. Listen. Draw your own conclusions. This guy's top. Peter, it's such a shame to move to, uh, away from Madrid so quickly, but because I, I want to speak to you about the Glasgow and I want to speak to you about your ideas about coaching, but we have to stop and, and try to explain both to those who enjoyed it and those who don't quite remember it. Deportivo La Coruña, I'm an Aberdeen fan. We're a coastal town, a fishing town, a small town of 200,000 people. We won two European trophies. Therefore, I feel really inspired by, attracted to Deportivo La Coruña. You go there after Racing Santander. What are the elements, the president, the coach, Irureta, who isn't talked about enough, the, the great players you play with, what are the elements that allow Deportivo La Coruña to win the title, the Spanish title? A Spanish title where you beat Madrid 5-2, you beat Athletic home and away, you beat Barcelona, you beat Sevilla, you beat Valencia, you win the title, you win the Super Cup, eventually you'll win the Cup in Madrid's own territory on, in the Bernabeu on their 100th birthday. you go to a Champions League semi-final. Let's try in your memory or your analysis to, to, to explain the beauty of that project. Yeah, that's amazing. And really thanks to football because I, I, I have uh, experienced in my, in my life the 360 degrees options that football provides to you. I, I've been in, in, in the biggest club in the world for me, Real Madrid, in the youth system, former player and reaching the first team that this is an experience, something that you never remember, you never forget. Succeed in the first team, but later the football have another phases. And I moved to Racing de Santander one year, a loading uh, profile, I, I was at the half-season top scorer leader. That's amazing. I re- remember in my, my start as a player when I was young as a, as a forward. I was playing Racing Santander as a, as a forward. And I, and I was in Christmas days with my family at home uh, taking the, the grapes, you know. The, 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 the grapes yeah. at, the be- yeah. at the 12 o'clock bells as, of, of as New a, Year. As a pichichi of La Liga. Oh, you nice. can imagine it. That's a good memory. That's a good memory for not a special the, the grapes tasted sweet that yeah. year. Yeah, okay, half time, no, not at the finish, <laughs> but half time, okay, it's okay. Anyway, so I, I, I learned this other football in a, in a humble uh, team uh, struggling, just the, the, the target and the objective is to stay in the first division. But from there also, I had chances to go because I was outstanding as a, as a scoring player. I had the possibility to go to national team and also to promote, to move to Deportivo La Coruña. That Deportivo La Coruña is this kind of thing that suddenly appears in football from the youth system, not from the youth system, from the youth level, Youth, no, low level, sorry. They, they were struggling in the third division of Spain for many, many years. But the small city, the northwest, rainy, windy, uh, 
very nice people, for sure, I tell you. I spent later 10 years of my life professional and, and not professional as retired. So my son was born in La Coruña, so I, I have a piece of La Coruña in my heart for sure. <laughs> and, and at that point, the president, I think, is one of the, the most important things that happened for Deportivo La Coruña, Augusto Lendoiro. There was a time in, in Spanish football where uh, there, there was a fight between the, the TV operators trying to get the monopolio, no? There were different ones. So the, the teams, they were uh, negotiating by themselves. Okay, I'm with this platform, I'm with this other. So there was a moment to, that the business around football, the, business, the, the, the football industry was in the way to build the good uh, structure to develop business football, no? And Lendoiro was very smart at that moment because he made the best negotiation in, in football ever, I think, in Spain. For a club that this is a humble club, he, go, he went to banks to advance the money for TV rights for different uh, the, the years. First, he signed long-term contract with TV operators okay, because they, they promote from the third to the second, from the second to the first, and suddenly, in a few years, they had the chance to win La Liga with that famous penalty miss by Jukic, Jukic. Uh, in the last round of, of La Liga. No? And that was a point that everybody knew who was Deportivo La Coruña, because that was something uh, historic. And then Lendoiro took advantage of this big uh, moment of uh, Deportivo La Coruña to sign good contract with TV rights, long term, and went to bank to say, okay, advance me five years in advance. And with the money of five years, he spent it very well because he was one president that this is not usual, but he was one that he knew about football very ah. well. Very good decisions in terms of football. He was a president also like a sport or a sporting director. Wow. By, especially by choosing players to, to sign. And then with the money, he could shorten a little bit the gap between the two big clubs, Real Madrid Barcelona, that all, they always have more money than anyone. In Spain, we have this. He bought very good players, young players, especially talented players. He focused in uh, under-21 national teams, Europe good teams, and he brought, uh, for example, Roy Mackay, very good friend. Under-21 with Holland, he brought me from... Uh, from Racing de Santander, but they were in the under-21 national team, Spain national team. Another couple, Cesar, uh, I remember, uh, he brought all, big, young talent. Cap de Villa eventually. The following year, but it, it was a scaling, no? Scaling. He, he mixed very well between talent players, quality players, spending the money also paying transfers. That was something unusual for, for a, a, a very humble club to have the capacity to pay a transfer for good players. For international players, this is, nowadays, this, this is not possible. No. You can imagine that. And also, experienced players, good players that they had, because they had the Brazilians, Mauro Silva, uh, okay, I didn't play with Bebeto, Rivaldo, because they lived before, but they had Mauro Silva, they had Donato, they had Flavio Conceição, they had Yalmiña. So, we had very good squad, thanks to the president decisions. And later, of course, we have to give the credit to the, the coach, the way he was training, Irureta. They did the perfect mix 
to succeed in that environment. What was it, it, most people won't remember Eroreta as an Atletico Madrid midfielder. Yeah. So he was a very successful footballer. He won top the quality, top Crown. quality player, top yeah. quality player. But I told you before, football is so quick. So what happened today happens, yeah. and then bye, bye. You can imagine. You look ten uh, years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago. The new generations, they don't focus But back, they focus this, so on the present. This is a small window of opportunity to try to explain a little bit about his personality yeah. and his ideas. One of the things I remember all the time was that Diego Tristan was one of the exceptional strikers playing there. And Diego Tristan um, loved to go to the casino in the hotel. And Roretta was living in the hotel. Yeah. So every night before he went to bed, he would go down to have a little look to kick Tristan out of the casino. Well, it's... it's It's not 100% like that, but it's close. It's close. I explained to you. Okay. I reached Deportivo La Coruña, and first season we won La Liga. That's amazing. It's, it's a miracle. That's amazing. Amazing. And uh, uh, with this mix of, of experienced players and new young talent players. Following season, Lendoiro continued bringing good players like Diego Tristan, Cadevila, Valerón, Molina. He took advantage of Atlético de Madrid relegation to the second division. To, to choose players from them and bring to Deportivo de la Coruña that these uh, three players Capdevila who, who become a World Cup winner yeah, Molina, Molina who is now the director of football for the Federation yeah, and Valerón maybe in my opinion uh, one golden ball miss for Spanish football fantastic if he had played in Real Madrid or Barça for sure he would have the chance with the focus that they these big clubs they provide to you and, and the marketing around them because he had the talent the football he had he had amazing a talent Spanish Zidane yeah yeah I, okay Zidane is amazing also but for me Zidane had the chance to play in a big club like a, like Juve that was like a trampoline no? I don't know if you say trampoline yeah. trampoline for him to yeah. go upwards in your yeah. life in your but career. he didn't have this chance because okay he stayed he reached Deportivo La Coruña and there He outstand and, and Lendoiro had the capacity also to, to remain the talent. That, that was something that you have to give the, the merit to the president because normally in the, in the humble teams, when there is a talent that succeeds, the big clubs, they came to, to win. And you take the money. Okay, for, he, at the end you can't stop that because Bayern Munich did with Roy Mackay. But after winning La Liga, winning Spanish Cup, semi-final Champions League, so... Um, After a good period of succeed, no, and, and with options, because we had Rimakai, Pauleta, eh, Diego Tristan, Luque, Luque, Pandiani, such a five strikers we had at that time. So, in terms of uh, Irureta, you said, of course, he, he did great job. And why they didn't give so credit and we don't listen to speak a lot about what he did? Pues, I think it is because... Nowadays, business is business, and the news are built for the big audience. And big audience are big clubs. So what you do in a small club, okay, is very good. You have your moment, but... Pat on the head, and off you go. This, is, this amazing job is not going to sell the same that another job from big clubs that is doing later and has more, more audience. I, I think it's that. It's a matter of, of business. But what he did was amazing, for sure. And, and I tell you, when I became coach, I understood a lot of things that I didn't understand during my times as player with Irureta. We, in that dressing room, we had 
big talent, big hunger, all the players, the experienced ones and the young ones, we were hanging off succeed, that that was very, very important. But we were complaining about the method of training that we had, because it was exactly every day the same. So I was seven years in, in Deportivo La Coruña contract, six, the six ones, the six first with Irureta, and we did this, all the Mondays the same, all the Tuesdays the same, all the Wednesdays <laughs> the same, like this during six years. So you can imagine with the mental players mentality that I told you before that we complete for everything how was our concern it's Every boring saying, here it's we go boring. again this is something that as an, as a, in the new methodology of coaching they touch to the new coaches it's very important the, to, to choose uh, trainings change the, the drills change the because the, if you do always the same uh, the players get in a boring mood and then this is wrong to get the high performance you don't improve but it comes from that days that were the players were, were complaining about the methods. But I have to tell you, I have to be honest, and I recognize that that method helped us a lot, a lot. It was boring, okay, but not so much. Habits? Habits and expertise. When you do many times one thing, you get an expert, you get a master. So that's why that Deportivo La Coruña performed in such a high level that we were standing for many years during all the, this generation of very good players we had, but not only in Spain facing the big clubs like Barça and Real Madrid. We won La Liga first year, but we were second, we were third, but also we went to Europe and we won in every big stadium Europe of Europe, every big stadium. So... I look the at, method what success I, I look at your record um, against the big teams like Arsenal against Juventus played 6 won 3 drew 3 no yeah. defeats Deportivo La Coruña yeah. against Juventus you could, I mean I could go on but I, I highlighted things like Arsenal Bayern Munich Manchester United I play at Highbury I remember that day that amazing shot. what a beautiful stadium which when you when you won 2-0 yeah so against also, also when when we lost with an amazing 5-1 but we don't need to the, talk about that the invincibles <laughs> the invincibles were fantastic yeah but uh, but we beat them eh? you played 4 1-3 lost 1 yeah. against Arsenal and genuinely the list goes on um, whether it's uh, yeah, Manchester United played yeah. 5 1-2 lost 3 yeah but we won at Ultra 4 uh, we won at Highbury we won at Prince Park against the PSG we won at Turin we won at Milan we won at Munich against Bayern Olympic Stadium no one team in Spain in, in the entire history was able to win at the Olympic Stadium against Bayern in Munich we did with Deportivo later years later Real Madrid won but not in the Olympic Stadium in the new one I need to ask you then because I, I, I don't I, I hope you don't consider it self-indulgent to always be talking about your triumphs because football is about learning and losing and learning how to cope with that but triumphs are interesting triumphs are inspirational yeah. for those people a lot of the people we're speaking to don't live in the football world which we have the great fortune to do I, I, vicariously I can watch I can listen learn they have to go to, they're listening to this. Hello, everybody. They're going to work. They're walking the dog or they're in the gym or I don't know where. And they get endorphins listening to you. 
So I don't want to skip the centenary victory in, in Bernabeu, which must have been an extraordinary feeling and it was a big achievement. But is there a link? I think there's a link between what you talked about in Amsterdam when you looked across the corridor at Juventus to the day in the Riosor in the Champions League when AC Milan, the reigning champions of Europe, come. I was in San Siro two weeks before. It's a 4-1 win. The result, uh, I'm going to use a Spanish word, they use engañar, engañoso, a result which lied. Yeah. Because in San Siro, Deportivo La Coruña were magnificent, led 1-0. There was an explosion of Kaká and Shevchenko, and suddenly it's 4-1. Yeah. A, a completely scandalous misrepresentation of the 90 minutes. But there's a relationship between Real Madrid-Juventus in 98 in Amsterdam and Deportivo La Coruña and AC Milan of Seedorf and Gattuso and Ancelotti, the coach, and I don't know how many superstars in the Paseo, in the corridor, in the Riazor. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. not in the corridor that time, but, for, but totally agree. That was while we were warming up at the, at the pitch, that moment. We were a, 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 funny, a, funny, a funny group, a French group in Deportivo La Coruña. I mean... Despite we were complaining about the the method of training, no boring, no, we 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 got used how to enjoy it and how by very good relationship between players. So we made funny things during trainings. Okay, we were doing the drills, the tasks, and always the same. But we found the way to enjoy it. So that uh, makes also that the, the players we connect a lot as a friends, not only as a, as a professional teammates. And when, when we faced the second leg game against Milan, that moment after losing 4-1 in, the, in San Siro, I remember uh, we realized after the speech in, before the game that we were something very difficult to do. Okay. They were the currently Champions League winners, 4-1 in San Siro. The most of the people, they think, is done. Nobody pays something for us, paying nothing, nobody. Okay, let's try. I remember the speech. Let's organize, let's set one target. At least winning the game to say goodbye to the competition, but in a positive way to our fans and like that. That was the message from This is Irureta. That was the message from Irureta. Let's try to win the game. And he knew us. I'm 100% sure that he knew that because during all the, all the years, season by season, we had many argues with him. Different players, uh, character players we had, hunger players talent players, we wanted to succeed, we wanted more and more winning mentality. And we faced to him many times, we have to change this, and discussions with the, with the coach. Oh, in, the, in the half times, many times. He knew how to deal with these character players, sometimes by doing nothing and leaving us alone, sometimes by saying, hey, you have to do what I said. And I, I, I realized many years later that he said that words to spoil us. To make you angry. Yeah. Sure, definitely. That was the point where we were in the meeting room, like like hundreds of meetings with him, m- many players like that. 
you know, because it's the same, it's the same, and after the, the lunch, and you ha we have the meeting, someone is sleeping away, <laughs> still sleeping, sorry. And he said that, and, uh, and I said, how do you listen to that? He, he knew that uh, by spoiling us in this way, the challenge us, uh, he's saying uh, we are going to win just to say goodbye to the competition in a positive way. Come on. He, he, was, he knew what kind of player he had. And then when we went to the, to the warm-up, all the players, we start to say, hey, have you seen what I said the coach? Come on. We can do. Why not? It's something historic, but it's not so difficult. We scored one in the first minute. Then we score another near to the half time. And then we are just one to overcome in all the second half. So let's go for the first. And during one nap, we change into the Warriors mood. Thanks also to the speech. And of course, thanks to the scenario, to the possibility, to the opportunity to do something great. Because that's something that was a motivation for that, that squad. And we did. You were playing Dida Cafu. I, I don't know if anybody remembers these names. Dida Cafu, Paolo Maldini, Alessandro Nesta, Pancaro, Gattuso, Sedor Pirlo, Kaká, Shevchenko, John Dal Thomason, and the substitutes in Zaghi, Serginio, Rui Costa, and manager Ancelotti. A goal from El Rifle, the, the lorry driver, Walter Pandiani, after five minutes. But being there, the stadium was shaking. The noise was incredible. And I remember looking at Milan players, looking around, going, literally, for all their experience, and they're also hungry hard, they weren't fit enough. They were looking around going, what is happening? As, as Depor players zoomed past them, pressed them, robbed them. It, it, was, it was a hurricane. It was, it was like, like Haaland nowadays. <laughs> It was like Haaland nowadays. We, we performed like Haaland. The, the, every single <laughs> Deportivo La Coruña players, we, we outstanding that day. I, I, I want to show you, with you one funny thing, the previous night to the game, because I'm a very good friend of Clarence Sedorf from our times at Real Madrid, and then when they came, when they fly to... You, you say you're a good friend of him, but you robbed him of a Champions League and you robbed him of a Copa del Rey, but okay, we'll, we'll go on. Yeah, but we still have very good relationship. <laughs> yeah, this is, we understand. When this you, is football. When you have winning mentality, you respect the winners, of course. And, and I, I came to his hotel with my wife and my son because I want to introduce to my friend Clarence, my son, who was just born a few, few months or, or just about one year, I think. And we were talking about the game, for sure. And I saw him so relaxed. So, okay, you have to tell me one good restaurant for tomorrow to eat seafood, because I know here in La Coruña is the best seafood in the world. Yes, it is, for sure. Uh, we have to prepare something after the game to celebrate. We are going to be to the semifinal. And I said to him, hey, Clarence, yeah, you are sure. <laughs> Stop, eh? Calm, because here in, the, in La Coruña... There is uh, something that all the, the old people, they say that uh, there are uh, witches, no? I think some, you know, brujas. Brujas, witches. So it's very famous. Galicia, no, for, for that. And I, I said, uh, in our stadium, there is this kind of magic environment that uh, something is finished yet. Eh? Be careful. And, and when the game ends, he was so angry, hey, we couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> take anything. I understand also, it's a very, diff it's a very difficult moment, you are very dis disappointed, and, and also you need your time, like we talk later. Uh, and he told me, you told me in advance about that, what you did, come on, you killed us. 
come on. And I remember also many, many years later, talking about Pirlo, in his memories, he, in a book he, he wrote, he, he suggested something about the players that I, I, I have to ask, please respect, because as a, as a professional, we cannot say this about uh, partners. Stupid words it's in anger. Stupid in anger. Words. Very stupid words, because um, he suggested that we took something. First of all, I don't trust that by taking anything in football, you can get success, because it's a very complex game. Very complex game. So, first, first of all, second one, for sure, what we took was the vitamins from our coach in the speech that he spoiled us and the winning mentality he had. That was the point. What happened that when the referee whistled the half time, we were leading 3 0. So, the, the, the job was done. At the half time, we were winning 3 0. So the players, we ran sprinting to the dressing room because we didn't want to stop. So when you are doing this, you don't feel the tiredness, you don't feel nothing because you are in, in, in an adrenaline mood. So you feel so strong, so important what you are doing that you don't feel any tiredness. And we were running sprinting to the dressing room. Nobody sit. I remember that half time. Nobody sat Nobody down. Nobody sat down. <laughs> Nobody sat down. And the coach tried to say, okay, come and get some instructions. And everybody was saying, continue, continue. We have to continue. It's nil-nil, nil-nil game. We have to continue. We have to win the second half. Come on. This is something for us. We're not going to lose this now. So everybody was in this mood, warrior's mood. But thanks to the coach, I say, thanks to the coach. And then we came to the second half and also we won once. You, you made a nice, so we did you made a nice assist for the fourth goal yeah, for Fran. I remember. And I was also close to a score during the first half. In the first, we were pushing. So it was an amazing game. We performed all the players in our best for for worst time. And please, uh, respect for this uh, humble club, humble city, humble fans, that they are amazing. Uh, I swear to you, it was I, I, I've all the credit, all the credit. No, no, it's in my no, top, nothing has to be missed. Top five memories yeah. in my entire working career. We have socios, Victor Chris Hennigan. This is a quick uh, question answer. Chris Hennigan, the socios have been with us for seven years, supporting us all the time. Chris Hennigan says, Wow, Victor Sanchez de Lamo, what an absolute treat. I'd be fascinated to know whether it was always going to be one or other between Jaminia or Valeron at Depor, or was there ever a real strong effort by the management team to get these extraordinary players to play in tandem together following Juan Carlos's arrival? For me, it has been a pleasure to have the both as a, as a partner. It's been amazing sharing with them uh, not only games, the trainings. What I have seen from Jalminia's side during trainings, I have to tell you, and I have to tell to, to our friend, Chris, Chris, that I've never seen in a football game. Wow. So, mm, I can explain you. One drill that we were used to do with Irureta was a crossing exercise. No? So, the, the wingers, we were crossing, crossing, and crossing, and crossing to to develop and to, to improve always our ability of crossing. And the forwards and number nines or number tens uh, or uh, midfielders reaching from the second line, box-to-box midfielders, they were heading, no? heading or kicking. The idea from Irureta was to head. But, for example, uh, Makai, he didn't like to head. For <laughs> he was always volley. 
and Irureta was always saying, hit with the head, and Irureta said, yes, yes, hit with the head, but I volley to the top corner, always, so it's amazing, but later, without practicing, during games, I crossed, and Mackay head to the top corner also, and he came to me during the celebration to say, look, I don't practice, but I put with the head in the top corner, do you understand, I don't need that, so that was the environment I had, nice. also, and the, the special uh, chemical connection with our coach. And about Jarmina, he was able to head facing the, his own goal. So you can imagine we were crossing and he turned during the ball was in there and hitting the, the ball with his head but with the back part and scoring. So I, when we were watching doing this, nah, this is a lucky situation. But he did and repeat and repeat. So he's an amazing talent. And it was a pity that they, they both at the same time, they conceived in, in the same team to play in the same position. The coach had to choose one and he chose most times uh, Valeron. Because Valeron didn't, didn't give him a cabezazo like Jarmina no, no, did. No, it was more, more regular, more consistent performance. Jarmina, sometimes he was uh, missing during the games, but when there was a big game, for sure you have to put Jarmina because he was uh, a magician. One more socio, Tim Lee. Tim says, this is a little bit off the central theme of the conversation, but I'd love to hear, Victor, you played uh, Classicals, you played Madrid Atletico, you played uh, the Galician derby, scored a hat-trick in one of the Galician derbies, yeah. the Depor against Santa Vigo, but you also played in the big Panathinaikos Olympiakos derby. <sighs> Again, it's However much we say, this Derby, this classical, Manchester United, Liverpool, only if you've lived that experience can yeah. you begin to yeah. understand how... And that was really something new for me and, and very special. I, I have very good memories from my times at Greece, first as a player in Panathinaikos and later two times as a coach, as assistant coach first time in Olympiakos and later... As head coach, I made my debut as a coach in Champions League with Olympiakos, so very good memories. But uh, as a player, I remember that game, that derby against uh, Olympiacos. And, and, you know, at that time, Olympiacos was far away from the others. So uh, that was our game, no? our title. If we, if we won Olympiacos at that game, that was like our title. It was like that. I, uh, we won 1-0. I, I did the goal. And I finished the game like Toreros, you know, eh? Bullfighters, when they finish a great uh, afternoon, the, the fans come and they jump you on, the, on your shoulders, like that, in the game. And, and what was funny is that we were leading the game 1-0, and in, during the last minutes, they were pushing, 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 and there was a, a corner for us, and in the corner, there was a big counter. And, and they ran so quick, and I, I kicked the one with the ball because I, I realized that I had to do the, the fold instead of uh, they had the chance very clear to, to draw. And I was sent off. The first time in my career, I was sent off. and the only one. And all the fans start to applaud that action. So that's so... One so, of the best decisions yeah, you ever made. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the, okay, the dirtiest uh, play that I did. But uh, that brings the higher performance. And the Pana fans will love you forever. Yeah, for sure.
Victor, before we finish by, by, by talking about a coach's analysis of how to treat the phenomenon Erling Haaland... I have to tell you something about uh, uh, Centenariazo. We cannot oh, miss... Oh, 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 thank you, then, it's in that case, because... It's a lot of things. It's yeah. a hard, you know, it, yeah. the word I used to find difficult in Spanish uh, was desequilibrante, but I can't say the word. Say it again. Centenariazo. Centenariazo. Yeah, it's, it's, even it's not easy for us, for Thank you. Spanish. What, but what, I have, what a kind I, man this I, is. I have this problem with English, so I, I uh, beg your pardon about my no, English. So I try to. Tens of thousands of people right now saying, uh, no, Victor, your English is better than English people's English. <laughs> no, no. Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate, but uh, I, I study to improve always with this mentality. In the, in the UK, I began to look at Spanish football quite young, but we didn't have live Spanish football in the UK until the middle 90s, uh, until approximately 95, 96. By the time that uh, Sky Television and Revista de la Liga was really popular, along came, most people had the idea that the, maybe the false idea that Real Madrid kind of controls Spanish football. So there was the idea in Britain that the fact that Madrid were going to turn 100 years old and they qualified for the cup final and the cup final was in the Bernabeu. Everybody went... <sighs> Everything was ready for the party, for the white party. Everything. But, but, not, but Deportivo La Coruña's players were not ready for the like, Real Madrid party. Like Juventus de Turin chosen the wrong opponent in the, right mo in the wrong moment. Real Madrid wrong, uh, cho chosen the wrong opponent in the wrong moment. What, what, the was, the what yeah. was the experience? What, was it, was it a, a, a tactical, athletic or mental triumph uh, that day? It's, it's, it's the addition of all these things. In, in, when you have to face this big achievement or this, this big challenge first, you need to compete in a high level in all the things. We were a humble team. That's why I wanted to talk about that because uh, we have to give all the credit to what we did with Deportivo La Coruña. 250,000 uh, small city at the north of Spain. Uh, a club that uh, 15, 10, 10, 15 years ago they were in the third division of Spain. That the third division in the Spain is the fourth because uh, the, the name first division, second division, second B and third. So it was uh, actually the fourth. So we had the players with the talent, with the mentality, we had the coach, we had the method, we had the formation, the foundations, and the motivation. That was very important. That thing was always hunger to, to achieve important things. And playing a final against Real Madrid in Bernabeu, is there anything, something more difficult in football? Because uh, now we have to remember that Real Madrid has won 14 times Champions League and has been in 17 finals. So they had won 14 of 17. That's amazing. That's why also Real Madrid has won for their own merits this category of the best team in finals. If you play a final against Real Madrid, you are dead. This is something that is, is, is in the football language uh, abroad. Then we came, the, the Galicians guys, oh, and before starting the game happened something also. When we, you know, when the players, we come to the pitch to check how it's the grass, etc., no? before coming to the dressing room and, and change ourselves, we, we meet there with some Real Madrid players also. And, and you know that uh, in Real Madrid they had 
Flavio Conceição, that was our teammate the previous season. So he, they bought Real Madrid bought Flavio Conceição from from Deportivo La Coruña. We were friends, and he told us. I, I remember because I what I was in the middle of that speech. We were near to the half pitch. We were Mauro Silva, Jalminha, Valeron. Uh, I don't remember more. And, and Flavio came to us. Oh, hello, how are you guys? How are you? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, good night. Oh, well, what amazing stadium. How are you? The, the, the typical things. And Flavio asked, uh, this, very similar than what Sedorf asked to me before the, the comeback in Champions League. <laughs> okay, we have everything ready for the, for after the dinner. We have the also one place for, for go to celebrate. Join us, guys. Join us and we are going to the party. And, and I saw I, I, at that moment the Jalminha face, uh, and, and I understood everything. <laughs> and when we came into the dressing room, we were coming for the corridor, and, and I said to Jalminha, "Have you listened? They, they, they are preparing the party, and they are inviting us to the party. <laughs> Let's do." <laughs> and again, again, we play as a unit. So how we commit with the, that game? was amazing. We, we did, it was a 2-1, the, the result, but I think we deserve more. We deserve more. And it was a very tough game because that was Galacticos Real Madrid. So it's not a, not a single Real Madrid. Um, they, they go on that season to win the Champions League. Yeah. Hamden is Leverkusen. For those who don't remember, Cesar Sanchez, Salgado, Roberto Carlos, Iero, your old teammate, Ilguera, Pavon, okay, Zidane, Luis Figo, Claude Macalelli, Raul Morientes, Manaman Guti and Solari came on. Dabosque is the coach. It's a big achievement. Football has taught all of us, even before this interview, that just because you've got 11 great names doesn't mean you win. But that was a Madrid side that was built to conquer everything. I wonder if there was some complacency on their autocomplacencia that they also believed, as well as making arrangements. I don't think so. The Real, Real 14 Champions League wins in, of 17 finals. The complacency mood in Real Madrid is not in the finals. It's in games like the other day against uh, Mallorca, against Mallorca, or uh, against Osasuna. Last the season day. against Sheriff. Yeah, against Sheriff. This is the typical complacency match day. But finals are made for Real Madrid mentality. You know what happened? That they underestimate us, and for sure we surprised them. And, and we and we had a really really good team with individuals, but also working. As a team, I remember something very funny also, but in my past, is, my heart is Real Madrid, for sure. But I was, I was touching Real Madrid in the winning mentality, and that means that when you have to play something, you have to win. You win. So, and if you have to play against Real Madrid, you have to win. And this is what, what we did. But my, my father-in-law is Real Madrid fan, 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 and he was at the stands. He was at the stand with my tickets, and my tickets were Deportivo de la Coruña fan zone. So you can imagine, there was a third of the stadium, Deportivo de la Coruña, and two-thirds, Real Madrid. No, everybody waiting, the big celebration. But while we were winning the game from the beginning, 0-1, 0-2, and 1-2, so the, the Galician side... They were, uh, there was one moment during the second half that they start singing Happy Birthday to you to, to Real Madrid fans. <laughs> and I, re I remember that moment. So that's why coming back now to the emotional situations, this is certainly an emotional situation that has made an impact in my mind uh, as a memory. 
because I always was focus, focus, focus in the game. I didn't realize what happening outside. But at that moment, I remember because so, what's so funny and say, oh come on, what are they doing? <laughs> and, and also, I was thinking, hey, come on, this is Real Madrid Templo. This is a, 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 a little bit of respect. And you, but, were... okay. And my my father-in-law at the end of the game, he came to me and said, oh, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Congratulations. I'm very happy. But I have to tell you something. What, what these fans have done in my stadium, <laughs> I don't accept. <laughs> so what's something, uh, some funny memories that... He's a generous good. man, but I, I see it, but you were the only madrileño in the team. Molino from uh, Valencia, there were players from Oviedo, from Catalonia, there were Brazilians, it was an Argentinian, but you were the only madrileño coming to spoil the party in, in your own house as well. Yeah. An odd day, but a great day. Another winner's medal for you. And I, I remember in the moment that they give us the trophy, because they give a small trophy, it's the king of Spain. That, that day he, he was the king and also he was the, the prince. And I was so happy at that moment when I received the trophy, I didn't give my hand, they didn't say my hand <laughs> with the currently king that was at that moment the... Thanks, yeah, I, I took my cap and I, I continued. Just at that moment, just I wanted to enjoy. We, to enjoy. It's a moment to enjoy with the, with your fans. We all understand. In a short time, one of the difficulties as we as we finish, as we wind up now, is that we don't know the teams which will start in the Clásico. We don't know if Courtois will mend his sciatica, <laughs> what form Benzema will be in. Probably Kunde doesn't make it, but. In, in speaking about the classical, where you played many times, winning, losing, it's back at the Bernabeu where you won the, the Centenary Cup final. And it's in this strange season where the classical will kind of be like a punctuation point before the World Cup. There are some games afterwards, but this will be our, our big occasion in Spanish and maybe European football before the World Cup begins. And you know about the things that tactically um, Madrid can do but also psychologically because for many years now for the I don't know if it was the same in your time for many years now Barca win at Bernabeu Madrid win at Camp Nou mm -hmm. in an incredible seesaw pattern yeah. let's look at Madrid what are the things that they must do mentality strategically to win this classical and how much importance so early in the season do you place upon this classical we have the the reference that the Clásico at Bernabéu last season, where Real Madrid uh, arrived as, as leader of uh, La Liga and, and without a big gap to the second, and Barcelona struggling, uh, not in a, in a, not even no, in a very difficult situation, no, and and Barça outstand and, and they won, if I remember, four zero, no, and could could be more for Real Madrid. I think that Real. They, they had a lack of two things that, the, that uh, game, that this season, they don't have this problem. So, I mean, one, a lack of fitness condition in terms of speed. The uh, midfield of Real Madrid, when they played against big clubs in the big games, was affected in, in this time. Casemiro, Modric and Kroos, they are really good players. Casemiro, very intelligent player, tactical player, but he's not very quick. Cross is amazing quality player, tactical player, clever player, but he's not very quick. And Modric, he has good speed. Of course, he, he has everything. At also at his age, he 
He has not the capacity to do a lot of, to repeat efforts, no? one and another and another. So when you face big games, the fitness condition can to, to play a big part on the games. It's not only a matter of quality or tactics. Also, you need a, a very good fitness conditions. And in football, you need speed, you need strength, and you need endurance. So, if you have a lack at any of these three, you have a problem. Because big clubs, when you compete for titles in La Liga or in Europe, the big clubs, the teams that they provide higher performance, they have this power. And Real Madrid had this. So, uh, in my opinion, Barça outstand Real Madrid thanks to they were quicker players than Real and better organized than Real because the lack of speed and the lack of strength in this position make a, Bali, a Real Madrid unbalanced team. Especially when they try to, uh, to press in a high way. They played quite a high line. They, the, the back line, they stay so back, so they create a lot of spaces between defensive line, midfields and forwards, this is perfect for a team that is used to build up from, uh, from the playing out from the back, passing, keeping possession, quality players and moving the ball side to side, finding the pockets, etc. like Barca is. So perfect game for Barca in the team that there was Real Madrid last season. Now, with the sign of Chouameni and uh, also with the improvement of Camavinga, and also with Valverde improvement and the step that they, all this young generation has made uh, forward, like Vinicius, Rodrigo, repeat Valverde, Camavinga, Chouameni, is a high level in fitness condition. So Real Madrid now, they don't have this gap. So Chouameni, Cross, Modric, I don't think they are going to play together because um, it's going to be Chouameni, Modric and another one powerful. So that provides more uh, compact uh, abilities to Real Madrid, more consistency in the, in, the, in the transitions, because the transitions are a very important moment during the games. So you try to organize your attack, you try to organize your defense when you have time, no? but the moment where you don't have time is the transition. When you lose the ball, you have to quick react to try to recover or to reorganize. These are the big moments. You need the fitness condition there. Is an example of what you're arguing the previous Clasico at Camp Nou, where Barcelona already losing, are pressing very high, they're on the edge of Madrid's penalty box, I think from a set play, from a corner. Yeah. Alaba wins the ball, starts on a run, Barca can't keep up, the ball goes to Vinicius, Alaba's continued the run, the ball goes wide, I think, to Rodrigo, into yeah. Alaba. So th th that, these types of transitions where a single error of position or control maybe 12, 13 seconds later, yeah. four passes can lead to a goal. Yeah. That's the type of mm, preparation and ability you must have to turn a classical. Yes, you know, Barca's style of playing is very clear. So uh, for me as a coach, when you play against a team that they play always the same, this is something good because through the analysis, you know they are not going to surprise you anything because they are going to do the same. So that lets you the opportunity to prepare something in terms of tactic or strategy to, to block their strengths and to try to explode their weaknesses that all the things they have. So, 
real to play against these kind of teams playing out from the back uh, they they risk a lot with uh, passes near to the goalkeeper and many players playing with the back trying to play one two that also if you organize very well the press you can recover many balls and you are very you can be very uh, quick in in the opponent's goal so that needs organization so that needs to be trained a plan a tactic plan but also that needs Uh, the fitness condition. So when you go to press high in a, in a, in a high position with players like Kroos, like Modric, like Vinicius, that he has the fitness condition but he is not well-organized player. He needs to understand better, reading better the, the game to take better decisions because many times he runs everywhere but without a good sense. So just one player with a lack of fitness and you are dead against these quality teams. Um, to close on the classical, I think one thing that Xavi has tried to do in recent seasons is to control moments by placing Araujo in the 4-0 and the 1-0 in Las Vegas against Vinicius. To me, it's very sad just for the, the fun of analytically watching a centre-half, a Uruguayan, made to play as a right-back in order to go 1v1 against Vinicius and to decrease the number of moments that he can create. He's not going to be there. Mm -hmm. to, to what extent does that also change the balance towards, we hope Vinicius stays fit between now and the classical. Fingers crossed, let's assume that he does. His energy, his anarchic play, his link with Benzema now flourishes and, and offers so much more space and danger because Araujo is not there. Something that Xavi has believed is a really important tactic. This tilts the balance towards Madrid, right? Well, of course, it opens a, a big uh, opportunity for Real Madrid uh, attacking through his left uh, wing. That is one of his strongest points with Vinicius as a left winger. Uh, if, the, if Barca, they don't have a good solution for the uh, one against one is going to be during the game. So this is a, a, in advance an advantage for Real Madrid but let's see because for example it's not so simple of course we suppose that the both teams are coming to the game with a full concentration full motivation so there is gonna be, there is no space for a lack of attention like for example Real Madrid the other day they did against Osasuna where we didn't see Vinicius performing in a high level of course he also was dangerous but very disorganized team they were I wait a very well organized team from Real Madrid side against Barca and they have the option with Vinicius as a winger but Vinicius many times also come cut off the line coming in side position and opening the possibility for, for Mendy or for Benzema that also likes to make movements to the win or Rodrigo because also he likes to, to share the winger Rodrigo again he plays that we don't know the lineup maybe play Rodrigo maybe plays Valverde so let's see what happens but what the most important is the occupation of the spaces and the the way you decide to attack how so if you need to move the ball quick for sure this is very important because to attack you need to create spaces to find the spaces nowadays all the teams they have very good tactics in terms of defending so you need to disorganize your team how to disorganize your team with your position by positioning and by moving the ball by moving the ball you make the other teams unbalanced and then you have to take advantage of the spaces this is the, the most important thing in football there was a, 
a lovely performance in May 2015 when your Deportivo La Coruña side went 2-0 down at Camp Nou to, to a couple of you know, messy goals and you had Fabricio and Canela and Sydney and Laure and Lopo Garcia and Bergantinos and Lucas Perez, Juan Dominguez, Celso Borges, Diogo Salamao, even Cavaliero. And Victor, possibly those 11 guys shouldn't have taken a 2-2 draw at the Camp Nou in, in that season where Barca won the treble and had the trident up front of Neymar, Suarez and Messi. There are many, many options to play a game. And always in history, there are moments where big players makes the difference. I, I got used as a coach working in Spanish La Liga to face best Leo Messi in history. That they were making, he was making the difference in every game he played. The most issue I was sitting all the team back, especially when you play at at no camp, and and pray, <laughs> pray for a bad day from Barca players, especially from Messi, and you have the luckiest day with one counter or one set piece. I took my Deportivo La Coruña, my beloved Deportivo La Coruña, but we were the lowest budget in the competition to end the competition, struggling with the with the relegation. So. And with a very difficult calendar because in the, last, at the games we had to face six of the top six teams in the table. At the last one, at no camp. Against Barca, that they were standing. But what nobody was taking in account that the, the, and I said to the, our players since the first day I, I took the team that the most important work we did, I, I tell you, is the psychological work. I, I said something before about that, how important is for me the trust and the confidence in the team. Without trust and without confidence, there is no performance, or there is no high performance. And we need, at that moment, we needed high performance to overcome the situation because we were about to relegate. So, nobody was taking into account that Barca could reach to the last game as champions without needing to win that game. The first target was to reach alive to the last round. And that's that's happened. That's happened. Uh, Barca became champions in the in the previous round. So that means that uh, that was going to be very easy game. No, Barca later they had to play Spanish final cup and one week later Champions against League, Athletic against Athletic and, and against and Champions League Champions League final. So that was the scenario that brings us the opportunity. Everybody was saying Deportivo is dead because they had to play against Barca. It doesn't matter. Barca is champion because Barca pff, Messi. Uh, Neymar, all, all, the, all the players that they have, amazing, and also these players, they don't care about the championship is done because they want to score, to score, to score, to add more figures to their own stats and also for the Pichichi, so we, we, we have to face this. But there was the last game for Xavi Hernández, currently coach of Barça, that day was the, the last game and they had prepared also a big party to say goodbye, thanks, and etc. And I remember when I, when I started working the previous week with my team, Deportivo La Coruña, this game, I said that, look, this scenario they are now provides us a big opportunity. I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. Barca, they are going to play 60 minutes. In the, around 60 minutes, minute 60, 60 something, they are going to make the substitution with Xavi. So... Big party, he will make the round to say goodbye to everyone, big celebration. And after this, the team has ended the game. 
no more effort, no more nothing, thinking in the final, in the cup, in the final cup, in the Champions League. But the first 60 minutes, they are going to kill us, for sure, because Messi wants to score, Neymar wants to score, etc. So, we have to reach a life to the 60 minutes. Focus just in defending the first 60 minutes. Okay, we have a lack of, of quality in comparison with them, for sure. So, we organize the team in a 4-5-1, but very compact, very compact, to avoid to concede chances, clear the ball, no risk situations. And during the same week, we prepare this, but we prepare in the 60 minute, changing the formation to a 4-4-2, but in a, in a different, that's why I told you before, it doesn't matter the formation, it matter where you do the things and how. How you do So, we were playing, we start the game, and it was going the game in this way no chances no chances against we didn't concede but Messi is Messi mm. and in a free kick from 35 minutes he put the ball in the top corner okay what happened this is something that I have never told it's, it's the first time we came into the dressing room 1-0 losing and the things were running in our plan suddenly the president came into the dressing room crazy shouting what are you doing you are not attacking this guy He's breaking my trust environment right now. And I catch him and I say, President, okay, perfect, don't worry. And I throw him from the dressing room. And then I came to the players and I said, okay. I said, we keep with the plan. What happened? We went to the second half. And while we were doing the warm-up, preparing the change, Barca scored the second. Again, Messi. Again, Messi. And I said to my assistant, come on. Just when we were going to make the change, come on. And that was the point also when they did the change for Xavi. And Xavi made the round, say goodbye to everyone. Also, he, he came to me because we were partners at the national team. He greeted me also. I appreciate that, that moment in, in so important situation for him. And, okay, we continue with the plan and we change. There were 25 minutes left, something about. And we scored two goals in, two, in, in 10 minutes. So, in 10 minutes, we were drawing and we need just one point to stay. And then we had to play the last 15 minutes... <laughs> And we did it. Very good memory. And, and, and I have never told before what happened in, in the dressing room. You made the right choice. You stayed up. It's, it's a closing point to say that I was accurate in saying that one day you'd like to savour the atmosphere, um, the traditions of English football and coach in English football. That would be one of your objectives. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of English football. I love, I have travelled many times to to England, to different cities. I have been visiting training centers. I, I, I am very lucky to have uh, very good friends uh, from other coaches, and I have been there watching Pochettino at Tottenham training center. I've been with Jokanovic at Fulham training center, with Unai Emery at Arsenal training center also, uh, visiting small, small stadiums also to, to understand, to learn, uh, sitting with the, with the fans. Uh, it's, it's, it's very nice, the, the atmosphere there is uh, in, football, in football stadiums. I remember as a player in Deportivo de la Coruña, I always love Anfield environment. You know, the walk alone moment is, is something amazing. This environment is not uh, something that happened only in, in Anfield. Watching Sheffield Wednesday, for example, West Ham, with the anthem that they have also, is, is amazing. Blowing bubbles. Blowing bubbles. It's amazing. I, I like a lot. And I'm trying to get my chance there, but uh, it's not easy. During this interview, you're, you've shown an astonishing ability with English. Great vocabulary, 
great accuracy in all that you've said. To be able to speak this well about playing and coaching in a foreign language is a massive achievement. You've shown that when somebody says to you, come coach our team in England, you'll be able to communicate as if English was your first language. You've mentioned warriors uh, uh, throughout the interview, and, and our culture is a warrior culture. We treat every game not as a work of art or a piece of science. Every game in Britain is a war, always. So I hope very much indeed that you're ready for wars in England in the future. Anybody who wants to listen to Victor's brilliant analysis of football regularly, find La Liga on, on Premier in, in Britain and Ireland and regularly in La Liga studios. You'll listen to Victor previewing a game, analysing a game, and like me, you'll be the more educated for it. Of all the interviews we've ever done, this has been by far one of the most colourful, interesting, fun and educational. Victor Sanchez Del Amo, muchísimas gracias. You're welcome. My pleasure.